right, welcome to Behind the Bites, uh, episode number nine. That's right. Uh, it's good to nine, good to be back again after a full week. Not a lot of time. <laughs> um, I'm Mike from Stuff Magazine. I'm uh, here with my usual cohorts. Yeah, this is Abbas from Tea Break and Bavisha from Techview. Yeah, yes. Good to be back. Uh, interesting week. We had some uh, yeah. interesting local announcements. I right. Think. It started to be a little bit quiet, and then out of nowhere, exactly. uh, yeah, we got a little bit of a message from from B. Was like, guys, look at this. <laughs> okay. Like, well, wow. I was excited about <laughs> yeah, right. it. No, for sure, it's something to be super excited about. Uh, and B, why don't you sort of lead us into the story then? Okay. So this whole thing started when uh, someone from the TechView team they saw um, a job ad for a service manager for Tesla. Uh, for a service center which is opening in Dubai. And there's three postings. Nice. So we know that Tesla is setting up a service center in Dubai. They're mm-hmm. finally and officially having some presence. And we were a little late to the game because there's a lot of news around this. A couple of other sites had gotten wind that Tesla is potentially officially launching in Dubai. An invite has gone out for the press conference. Elon Musk is supposed to be here at the World Government Summit, which is happening yeah. between the yeah. 11th and the 14th. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's also some rumors about uh, showrooms opening up in Dubai and Abu Dhabi. Nice. Yeah. So it's, there's a lot happening around Tesla, but Tesla's definitely coming in. For you know sure, that much. Yeah. Right. It's an interesting prospect because obviously, as you mentioned in your article and, and, and the reporting we've done on it as well, that um, there are a fair number of people in the country that have Tesla vehicles that have been imported from overseas. Um, and it's quite a, quite a difficult system to get like you have to pay up front in cash you gotta get the car over if the car has issues then you can pay for a tesla technician to be flown out wow. here to service that did not know that. so okay. yeah um and it seems that it might be prudent for them if they've got quite a large customer base in order to to service them is to set up shop hmm. which makes sense again nothing's confirmed until we we actually hear even, something next yeah, week but right. from the reporting that the tech view have done and others it seems that it does seem to be heading more towards a service center as opposed to a showroom. But it would be nice if, you know, you could walk So even if they open up a showroom, they're not right. going to sell cars from they the showroom. Just, yeah, yeah, Tesla doesn't they sell they cars yeah, from exactly, the showroom. Exactly. It's, yeah, um, because they're all sold out. There's yeah, <laughs> a waiting list on a, a No, but also they're a lot more a show and they do yeah. all their sales online. And they've, yeah. had, they've had a bit of trouble about this in the US mm-hmm. where they're sort of bypassing the agents. And I'm not mm-hmm. sure how that's going to mm-hmm. work in the UAE where Alpha mm-hmm. does Toyota and, right. you know, uh, Arab, uh, yeah, I can see them making an so, yeah. exception for this market. I'm assuming, yeah, yeah they're probably yeah. going to set up their own. Yeah. Look at Apple, right? I mean, Apple yeah. Store, that's directly owned by Apple, even though you've got one in Mall of the Emirates, which is not necessarily a free zone per se. Correct. Uh, Correct. But it still belongs to Apple as a corporation. So I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if Tesla sort of sets up shop exactly yeah. in the same way. What I did do was after you guys were talking about it, I went on to Dubizzle and I okay. searched for Tesla. <laughs> and there were four vehicles on sale. Really? There were four All Model S's, those. I assume? And there were three Model S's and one was the Model X. Yeah, okay. Model uh, X. All of them were close to half a million dirhams or somewhere okay. in that mm. vicinity. Not surprising. Not surprising, absolutely. But I mean, look, I mean, you've got these four cars already on sale on Dubizzle at that time. So there is definitely a market for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad that they're opening stop over here. I think it's going to yeah. be fantastic. Hopefully the pricing will be a little bit... Um, more affordable. Yeah, definitely better um, than Dubizzle prices. <laughs> no, so I think I think if you get it yourself, you pay because I think it starts about sixty, seventy thousand yes, dollars in the US. Yes. The Model S, and then you can customize it. You can spec it yes. all the way up, right? So mm-hmm. it's up to you. And then of course you pay about five percent duty, and you pay transfer charges mm-hmm. and the like. So you Correct. could get something for a lot less than even three hundred fifty thousand dirhams. Now mm-hmm. that's a lot of money, regard regardless. Yeah, but it's absolutely. at least it's not 
500,000. No, exactly, the, right. exactly. And you're getting the gen, you know, future generation of cars, basically. Yeah. And, and Tesla does, does this great thing where they're actually rolling out a lot of software upgrades to even their older models. Mm -hmm. So I drove the P70D or the P, yeah, P70D in Chicago. I rented it out mm -hmm. for a day and it had all the self-driving features. Yeah, nice. So I'm actually on the highway, activated self-control, and the car turns. Shake yourself a little. <laughs> I had my hands about three <laughs> inches away from the steering wheel just in case I had yeah. to take control. I was extremely paranoid, uh, but it was great. The car would nice. turn as the road turned. If the car in front of me slowed down, it slowed down. It, it would park itself, and this was... This is the future that I was promised yeah, when I was fantastic. eight. So it's it was fantastic. exhilarating. And I'm glad that's coming over here. Mm -hmm. Very, very cool. Interestingly, just uh, a week before I had a chat with uh, this guy named Ben from EEVF, which is the Emirates Electrical Vehicle something, I'm forgetting. Track, foundation? World foundation? Tour, foundation? track, something yes, like that. Yes, the World yeah. Tour thing, exactly. Track, yeah. And I sort of had asked him about you know where the electric vehicles stand in the region. Yeah. Um, it was quite interesting what he was saying. He was saying that, look, as far as from an infrastructure point of view, he was saying that uh, UAE is positioned fairly well uh, because these cars run on, what, about 400 to 500 kilometers mm. per mm -hmm. charge is what they give you. And he's like, you know, you don't have to go long distances within the UAE. You can charge them overnight at your home, so that's not a problem either. What was interesting was he said that um, insurance is a problem with these cars because there wasn't any particular mm. company that insures electric vehicles. Right. No, they're already in your piece. They've tied up with AXA or something so like exactly. that. Exactly. So, so that's coming now. So that's coming in now. And he even mentioned that uh, cars don't, um, banks don't necessarily approve financing for electric vehicles, mm. which was also something interesting to know. Uh, mm. But he's hopeful that, you know, uh, I think Renault Evo is one he said that's mm -hmm. already in the market mm -hmm. right yep. now. Um, he's hoping that other car manufacturers bring their vehicles here. Yeah. And, and in your piece, there was mentioned that D was looking into putting charging points. Was it like 100? 100 so charging points across, across the yeah. UAE. But I mean, again, the thing is that, look, if you can get 400, 500 kilometers out of a charge, mm -hmm. uh, chances are that unless you're sort of going for a road trip or whatever, you're sure. not, not going to need it. Yeah, yeah I mean, look, as, as an example, when I was in, in Norway over, over the, the break over Christmas, um, that's a country that's looking to go in completely electric vehicle fully okay. in, in metropolitan areas by 2026, wow. I believe. Nice. Um, so just sooner than you think, I suppose, like in the next 10 years. And they give large subsidies on purchasing of electrical vehicles. They let electric vehicles drive in the bus lane or the carpool lane free of charge. They um, also, obviously, charging the car, have many points throughout the towns right. that are at a far reduced cost than getting gas, which maybe isn't quite as applicable in this region just because oil is a little bit more, hmm. uh, petrol is a little bit more uh, available. But there are ways to obviously encourage people to do For that. Sure. And you'll find like um, uh, the people that I was staying with, everybody had an electric car. Like it was... It was Huh. Incredible to see for a country. What board they were they like? Um, you know, European uh, they were Volks, or Volkswagen. 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 Okay. Interesting. Um, but you said you saw Teslas, you saw Volkswagen, you saw Renault, you saw everything. Very nice. Um, and it seems to be like it, the particular places in Europe, and I think Scandinavia is is kind of poised to do well in that arena because they're these right. kind of modern, future-looking cities. For but sure. I mean, Dubai can have that happen to it as uh, well. I, I think. Right? I completely agree. Yeah. I think one of the things that he also mentioned was that the climate suits electric vehicles really well over here. Right. He mentioned that uh, batteries do better in warm climate versus mm. cold climate. So I think that kind of works out in our favor as well. Uh, but Vichy, I do have a question for you. When you rented the Tesla out, did you take it for a charge or no? You didn't get it. No, so we, we got it completely charged. Okay. 
and uh, we must have done about a hundred something miles, hundred okay. twenty miles, okay. and the right. range is about two hundred miles. Right. So we didn't have to stop to charge it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, at all, all we right. didn't have any challenges with okay. that. I would like to know what the you know, they've got superchargers and would be kind right. of nice. Right. But that's the thing with Tesla; they have their own system for charging, right? System. So they would have to come in and install their own particular supercharger stations, which I believe you can get dongles like adapters for it. Like you would a laptop. <laughs> no, so I think but, uh, you can use normal chargers, but they work slower. I see. And then right. superchargers are a lot oh, faster. Okay. Right, and that, that okay. really is the challenge because most people have superchargers mm. installed at their homes. Oh, right. And here people live in apartments. Right. So even though the Model 3 will come in at about $35,000, $40,000, it's a lot more affordable than your Model S. Right. Mm. Uh, the idea of having to install or the a possibility of having to install a supercharger in your home if you, if you don't live in a villa, yeah. could be a challenge. Mm. Yeah. Unless they... Now, I know that um, UAE government has a mandate to install a lot of chargers. Right. Dubai Design District, among other locations, oh, has yeah. spots for electrical vehicles. Mm-hmm. Some malls have started to feature those yes, as well. Absolutely. Uh, I'm looking at a story from Gulf News, which is not loading, which says electric car charging units installed in Dubai. Yeah. And that's all I can see right <laughs> now. <laughs> Actually, today, <laughs> on my way to, to, the, to record this podcast... I took the metro and I was walking past AUD, which is near where my mm-hmm, office is, mm-hmm. American University Dubai, and there was someone charging one of those smaller electric cars via a, a three-pin plug out of a little security desk <laughs> that leads to the car park at the metro station. <laughs> they had literally just plugged their car into like a, a, a standard like uh, electrical socket. That is I was like, all right, I don't know how long so that's going to take, but... Anchor actually does like a 10,000 mAh battery okay. pack or... <clears throat> I think it's... Tw- no, it's it's a lot more than that. It's huge. It's about 20,000 some... Uh, can't remember the size right now. Mm. But you can theoretically charge your car with that. Right. You might get like wow. 10, 15, 20 kilometers. Right. But in it's the case still, of an emergency, that's yeah, great, right? You have to get you to a somewhere. gas station yeah. or a charging well, station. Charging station. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, interestingly, when I remember I was at a Qualcomm event three years ago or something mm. like that, and they were showing wireless charging for cars. Uh, so it was basically a pad I was of at the CES yeah. where they uh, oh, announced they? this. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Super interesting though, right? Very like, interesting, absolutely. I mean, if you're in a mall and in a parking sp- right. space for electric vehicles, you simply just drive mm. on top of it and your car's charging while you're in the mall. Right. Or well, they're even talking about laying it under roads. So as you drive... Wow. Oh, wow. I mean, this was, this was a CES, I would say, probably about five years ago now. It's wow. a little while ago. But as you're driving across roads, you would cross the path and kinetically they would charge your car as you move that's amazing it would require a lot of infrastructure <laughs> yes but uh but i mean maybe that's the future right particularly if you can work automation into that system as well which you know i mean essentially all these electric cars that's where they're trying to head with this stuff right mm. the moment you get them electric then you get them smart and then you nobody needs to drive anymore exactly. and we can all yes. play the nintendo switch <laughs> in uh, the back of a car so it's diva offices uh dubai design district and some malls that do have mm-hmm. Uh, electric car charging stations. Okay. So there's a government-supported mandate. Uh, in fact, nice. even I think His Highness Rule of Dubai had said that they want a certain percentage of cars to be electric mm-hmm. and or self-driving by uh, in the next five to ten years. I can't get the number off my top right. of my head. But if the government supports it, you know there will yeah, be a strong push towards it. For sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, what I think would be interesting to do, I mean, you know, particularly with autonomous uh, vehicles, is to maybe look at communities like Arabian Ranches mm-hmm. or like Mazda, Right. Um, and there's that new sustainable city, which is somewhere out in the desert or something. Right. And right. like, for instance, that place, you can't, you're not allowed to drive a car inside its walls. You have to drive up and they take you in a little golf car. Why not 
put an electric autom automated vehicle in that and then have it sort of moving around there. Because I know Dubai has such a car culture. We're a very petrol-heavy culture. Yeah. Um, so you're never going to... I don't think you're ever going to phase out the Lamborghinis and the Ferraris, right? Like, it's sure. likely but not yeah. to happen. But at least have some viable options so that people within Yeah, but the Model S accelerates oh, in 2.3 seconds. I'm with you, man. I'm with you, man. I love those cars. <laughs> and I don't drive. Like, but uh, My primary reason for getting one would be to get parking in Dubai Mall on a Thursday night. Have a dedicated spot for yeah. electric vehicles. No need to circle around yeah, for nice. like half an hour just to find a parking spot yeah. if they've got yeah, dedicated true. parking spots i would like that true all right so our bite time behind the yeah place. before we so, move to the second story yeah absolutely so i mean what we thought last time around was i'll just go downstairs to the zoom that's below our building and pick up something that uh, at least i've never tasted before so last time we had this really japanese looking thing yeah and you know none of us could read anything on it this time around, it's more of a French thing. At nice. least we can read the uh, the script on it. Cl classy it's snacks. A creme brulee biscuit. All right. I'm a <laughs> creme brulee. Fancy. I don't know about you guys, but I I, I, I enjoy a good creme, creme brulee. Yeah, sure. So let's pop this and see what it is. Okay. So this is a tube, a tube of biscuits. Yeah, it's kind of like a pack that you you know you get for crackers and stuff like that. It smells good. Yeah. Creme creme start. A lot better than what we had last week, our boss. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's open that and I'm just know, amazed about the wealth it. of uh, interesting <laughs> snacks coming out of this zoom downstairs. <laughs> they actually have a section which says imported products. Ah. And it's literally And a it's all this kind of stuff. Sell. That's very cool. It's better than the zoom in my metro station. <laughs> just like two bananas and a, like an iced tea. Alright. Alright, here we go. Let's Mike, let's can pass it on to you. Oh yes. <clears throat> the preservatives. I can smell yep. those. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> just a lot of fake sugar. Kinda yeah. Getting tastes like an ordinary biscuit to me. Yeah, don't see I'm gonna try one of these. Is there a filling between the two? Maybe that's why I didn't get yeah. that. You want to take that? All right. Yep. Thank there you, is. sir. Mm, tastes like any other biscuit, cream filled biscuit. It's yeah. good, but there's nothing creme brulee okay. about it. Mm. I'm gonna have another one mm. <laughs> <laughs> while we're also eating. And not bad. Yeah. I think it's definitely gonna give me less of a sugar hit than the stuff we had last week. That's true. What did we have? Oh, yeah. yeah. That was all sugar. Yeah. Like a thousand percent. Good work. I like it. Is it called Hit? It's called Hit, yes. Hit? Yes. Well done, Hit. Hit creme, creme brulee. Voila. In fact, I would rate this in four out of five wow, snacks. Mm. Yeah, that's all right, man. You're if you had like generous. a cup of tea, I don't drink tea. But uh, mm. three? That's all right. I'm with the on this. Three. I know. My scale is uh, relative to what we had the previous week, and this is uh, infinitely <laughs> better than that one. Well, I think that was about a three as well. It wasn't... No. It was odd, but it wasn't bad. The next story we have is Apple recalling a little over 88,000 iPhone success units in the UAE. Um, I've actually had first-hand experience with this. So my wife's iPhone success did exactly what they were saying, which is it just kept randomly shutting off. Battery would be at 30%, 20%, 30%, whatever it is, and then bam, it'll just suddenly go off. Or it would just rapidly deteriorate battery levels. Mm. So I, um, I read about it online, and this was about a month ago. Uh, mm. Apple was offering a replacement for it. I took it to the Apple Store, and here's what the issue is. So took it to the Apple Store. Now, the problem with Apple Store over here is that a, you either need to be there at 9 o'clock in the morning yeah, to get any never time get because otherwise there's absolutely no way you're getting a time. Or you go online and you book an appointment mm -hmm. with the Genius, yeah. which, honestly, I've never managed to get one. I mean, it's always completely booked whenever yeah, I go online. I've managed to get one in half an hour at the Grand Central Station 
Apple Store <laughs> in New York. Wow. No problem. Nice. And cannot get one here. No, no. It's, it's insane. It's like, insane. It's Absolutely. They just don't have the yeah. time. So the, the representative over there, she mentions, like, why don't you go ahead and take it to the Axiom Service Center on Shevzayat Road? She's like, it's an Apple-approved service center. Okay. And whatever we do over here is exactly the same thing that they're going to do okay. over there. That's, fair that's good to know. Yeah, absolutely. So I drove over there and uh, was reasonably empty. It was just like three people ahead of me. Gave my phone in. He took my phone. He's like, all right, just come back eight days later. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, we're just going to request a battery from Apple. It'll take two to three days to get here. And then by the time my technician gets to it, mm. finishes the job, it's going to be about... A week. Yeah, I'm like, wow. A week without a phone? It's like, that's yes, that's, you know, what you're looking at. No replacements, right? No replacements whatsoever. Now, he did mention that if you were to go to the Apple store, they might do it a lot faster. He's mm -hmm. like, because look, we have to request a battery from Apple, sure. and that process itself takes a couple of days. So he's like, why don't you just go directly go take it to Apple? And I was like, look, if I take it to Apple, the problem is they don't have the time to look at it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a very valid issue. Apple has recognized the problem. Uh, just make things convenient for us. I mean, we like Apple for its service, mm. not necessarily, you know, making us wait a week without a phone. Mm. But that I mean, okay, so where, where does where does the system fall down here? Is it they don't have enough stuff to handle this? Is it just like some kind of in, in like um, like an efficiency issue? Like I don't. I don't think it'll be an efficiency efficiency issue mm. because it's Apple at the end of the day. So right. I'm sure they've got specific checks and balances yeah. everywhere, wherever they are. I'm assuming that the amount of queries coming into the Apple mm. Store are a lot than mm -hmm. what they can handle. Sure. So I'm assuming they just don't have the manpower to sort of you know accommodate everybody. Would it be worth even just going to the one in uh, Yas? The Yas Mall. The Yas Mall, yeah. Right, just, I mean, I know it's a bit of a drive, but yeah. it's like you probably, I'm, assuming I'm sure that going to be far as less crowded. busy. Yeah. No, I'm assuming that's going to be less crowded. But again, I don't think it's something that they can fix on the spot. Right. So I'm going to have to leave my phone either ways. But you know, like in other situations, particularly with iPhones from, from my reading, is that they will generally just give you a replacement on so, the spot. Okay, so I think ever since they've opened these Apple stores over mm -hmm. here, that's not the case anymore. Yeah. Because I remember I had an iPad that uh, I had gotten from Malaysia. Mm -hmm. Brand new iPad, brought it, opened it up here in Dubai, and... And uh, the touchscreen wasn't working very okay. well. It was just all over. Like, uh, So I took it to the Apple Service Center back then in Birdsby. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, sure. they literally just took the iPad, gave me a new one, and I walked out with a new one in, oh, in 10 nice. minutes. Uh, all he did was he just wanted to make sure that the serial number or IMEA number is like valid. It's, yeah. it's mm -hmm. not a stolen unit yeah. or whatever. Uh, <laughs> you know, coming from far east. Truck, which is why the maybe it was my face. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, like yeah, he handed me the new one instantly, and you know, that's the kind of Apple service that makes you want to mm. go back to their products. Did you do you have Apple Care or no? I did not yeah, have okay. Apple Care. On I wonder. It. I wonder how that may have changed things, or if it did would at all. I don't even know. Apple Care is what for a year, or can you buy it more? You, I more think you can buy it. You can buy it. Yeah. Okay. Okay, because this phone is a little bit over over a year old, okay. so for sure I'm not. The, the timing of this is really bad. I mean, you know, well, when I mean timing, I mean the severity of the problem, uh, completely different words. Yeah. This happened to a friend of mine uh, at CES. Okay. He was at CES, his phone died, no battery, Ouch. so he could not get like an Uber or Lyft out. And oh, boy. He, he had to ask people to like, hey, can you get me an Uber or Lyft? And, you know, just whatever the rate is, I'll pay you cash. I have cash in hand because the taxi queue is... Like two hours long, yeah, right? Imagine, yeah. And we were staying off the strip because it's CES. You can't yes. get a hotel on yeah. the strip. Yes. Um, Plus the so In-N-Out Burger is off strip, so <laughs> just stay near there. Exactly. Right? Like, <laughs> so I mean, it was horrible. He's like, I had thirty percent, thirty-five percent, and then suddenly it just died, and oh, I couldn't do anything nightmare. about it. And it took him about an hour and a half to get home because wow. he had to get on a shuttle and then walk for forty-five minutes or something. Shh. So Ouch. for him, it yeah. was the first time it happened, but the worst time that it Ouch. happened. That Ouch. So it's, he was pretty upset. It's interesting how dependent we've become on our phones. Mm -hmm. I mean, we use it for everything and anything. Yeah. You know? And that there isn't yeah. some kind of 
system in place that can uh, replace them immediately. I At think least that's, not that's efficient that's enough. Yeah. The surprising part about this, I mean, I've, Apple has iPhones. That's what yeah. they do. Yeah. In fact, that's the primary focus of the company. It seems like they're moving further away from everything else, right? So the fact that that takes them a week to get you a phone replacement, I think, is a little bit poor. No, absolutely. I, the thing is, it's not a phone replacement. It's a battery replacement. Right. So they actually, sure. you know, they have to send it to the service center where they open mm. it up and replace the battery, blah, yeah. blah, blah, whatever. So I think it otherwise it'll cost them too much if they start doing phones, right? The yeah. phones are working perfectly fine. Mm. It's just the battery. Yeah, it's just yeah. the battery. And I guess they don't sell refurbed items here, do they? I, I know in no, the US you can buy refurbed. Yeah. Well, not I don't know if they'd had 88,000 of them. All of a sudden on the, on the store, it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, one of 88,000 <laughs> refurbed units. Uh, yeah, I mean, to be fair, like that number is considerably lower than an exploding Galaxy Note 7. So yeah, fair enough. At least they've uh, addressed the problem, I suppose. That's a good... But that's purely in the UAE. Right, sure. So, you know, that's sure. just 88,000 phones in the UAE. So yeah. I'm assuming it goes a lot further. Yeah. And this is being led by the Ministry of Economy, though. It is, correct? absolutely. The government's kind of stepped in and issued this. Um, I, I'd like to think <laughs> that someone in the government's phone had a problem and they were like, nope, <laughs> fix it, Apple. Yeah. It saved, saved everybody else. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just in terms of details the people who who want to it's not all iphones so mm. people who yes. who have iphone success get onto the website mm. apple website and you can check if your phone is that's right uh, infected. they'll number. check by a serial and it's number. only the standard s not the plus from my understanding correct. right yeah, yeah. Correct. but even even if you have a six something phone just go on and check just to be sure yeah. might be worth uh, yeah. getting a new might battery be yeah. Yeah. Phone anyways it's free so it was uh, Super Bowl Sunday in the U.S. this uh, this last couple of days back, yeah. and uh, the one thing that Super Bowl is more famous for than the game itself are the, the ads, ads, ads yeah. in the halftime show. Lady Gaga was performing. I'm not sure I, if you I, shot I that. I did watch the Lady Gaga performance. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly because of the drones. But apparently they weren't live yeah, drones. They were just correct. Like, yeah. It was just all pre-recorded, which is a bit Exactly, cheeky. which is a bit of a shame. But I think the performance was fine. Hmm. Um, what I find most interesting are the ads they show during, during the Super Bowl. And there were some pretty good ones. Um, there was one which uh, Babish and I were just talking about. The Skittles commercial, yeah. which was quite nice. There were a couple of car commercials, one by Ford, one by Alfa Romeo. Ford did the one where they essentially were driving people, were moving exactly. people it wasn't forward. About, yeah. yeah, it wasn't about cars in general, yeah. but it was more about the technology that sort mm -hmm. of, um, you know, they're going to evolve into the mobility side okay. of things. That's what they yeah. were talking about, which was nice. Alfa Romeo had a very, you know, it was like as of as much of a car ad as... Yeah, it was very standard and very much there's so. nothing Super Bowl or Here's exciting a car driving funny. down the side of a mountain kind of thing, was it? Or? Uh, pretty yeah. much so. <laughs> Mountains, yeah, cities, standard. whatever it is, you know, all of um, that. I, I read a little about the Google Home one. And apparently it set off a lot yes, of Google Home which units. I, yeah. Which you think, I mean, that yeah. must have been just very clever marketing, really, right? Because, you know, there you go. There's, just, there's yeah. a news story, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. Take, absolutely. If anybody's going to know that that's going to happen, it's going to be the people making yeah, that ad, that's right? True. So it's clever. That's true. Okay. Yeah, it did get everybody talking. Yeah. Uh, some few, uh, some new movie ads as well. Some commercials and previews. I'm not sure if you guys saw any of the new ones. There was a new preview for Logan, Ghost in the Shell, which Life? is something I really want to see. Life as well. Life. Mm, yeah, I did yeah. see that one. Okay. Yeah. So I think a few new movies also yeah. coming down. Oh, Hyundai. Hyundai did a great ad. Did you watch which that? Was, which so Hyundai actually, what they did was they got the director to shoot the ad yes, the during the base. game. So when yes. the first half is going on, mm. these guys, they shot the ad over a military base in Poland, mm -hmm. uh, and they set up 360 cameras in the stadium in the US, 
uh, and the other side of the camera was set up at the military base. So some of the uh, recruits, the recruits and and the generals and lieutenants and everything could watch the game with their family as if they were huh. next to them, and That's they're cool. in the stadium in, on, with VR. Yeah, like well, no, it was no, no, it was just a screen. Uh, it was right, just okay. a screen. Uh, okay, cool. So the idea was it. It was nothing to do with Hyundai about cars or anything. It was just a very That's feel clever. good kind of yeah, ad. Yeah. Uh, nice. That must have been. It was nice. I think someone was cutting onions when I was that. watching that ad. Because <laughs> how long is the, how long is like the first half of a football game? Like forty five minutes from right. Now. No, that that's but that yeah, game without, stops without and starts. Without, right. Without, so it can go on to be a lot it, yeah, longer. Yes, forty five right. minutes yes, of play. Of play, but, but it yeah, stops exactly. a lot. Yeah. It could. Yeah, it so could. I mean, the stress levels of actually trying to stitch that together. Yeah, might have. Yeah, to shoot that and that's that's it's not just technically superior because the ad looks great. You know, it doesn't look like it's shot on a phone. Correct. It may as well have been something which was planned a lot in advance. So they were able to go through all that uh, editing, cutting, and everything, mm-hmm. but also transport it over and shoot and film. It's it's a great achievement and a great concept. And Agreed. usually the two don't go together. Mm-hmm. You may have technical superiority, but right. the content might be weak. Right. Here right. they pulled off both. They I find, I mean, again, I didn't watch pretty much anything from the Super Bowl this year, but you find that it's the one time a year where advertising is actually interesting, right? And that's funny how it doesn't translate towards like the rest of the year like why not FIFA or something like that right or, yeah, or even yeah. non-sporting or even events just, yeah. oh, yeah, I mean just in general it's like I Friday think. like right. if, if these companies can reach that level at this one time a year I mean why advertising could be interesting all that's the time true. right that's very it just very takes true. a little bit of creativity there was another ad by Honda. Hmm. Uh, I kind of like the ad. I like the ad as well. They yeah. had a lot of comedians, Tina exactly. Fey, Steve Carell. Yes, absolutely. So what they had was they had their uh, pictures from the yearbooks, mm-hmm. and then those pictures start animating. Uh, you know, it's just... Talking pictures. Yeah. Right. Very, very nicely. Yes. I thought it was quite nicely yeah, done cool. as well. Verge didn't like that. The yeah. only thing that... Yeah, Verge didn't like that, but the only thing was uh, the car just suddenly shows up out of nowhere in yeah. the last couple of <laughs> seconds, which is like, okay, you know, well, how does this relate to that? You don't know. But I enjoy the commercial nevertheless. Um, I think that was pretty much it as far as Super Bowl is concerned. There wasn't anything that kind of like stuck to you or was super memorable. Well, sports-wise, the Patriot came from. Oh, like, that was like the best yeah, comeback, comeback ever in a long time. In the yeah, of, uh, Super Bowl. So, so you know, no, the no actual game was actually great from what I hear as well. So they were down twenty-eight to three, and it was right. last quarter, mm-hmm. and they actually won the game. Oh, right. So but they're the, they're the better team, though, right? Isn't that the they they did, but from what I read about it, was there was it the star receiver that mm-hmm. kind of went off on the first quarter, so that they literally didn't have him pretty much uh, in the okay. first half of the game. Oh, okay. And then when he came back on the fourth quarter, like bam, 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 bam. So they know, got like they got their money's worth. Yeah, that guy. absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think it was one of the very rare Super Bowls where people were more excited about the game than the ads themselves. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> right. So continuing with some um, Apple news, Apple is slowly and gradually replacing, or I'm not going to say replace, adding ARM chips in their um, laptops. So the MacBook Pro was the first one, the new one with Mm -hmm. the touch bar, where the touch bar is actually run by their processor. Uh, It's the same processor that runs on the Apple Watch. And it's interesting that uh, they've added that alongside the Intel processor that's always been powering um, everything else. So uh, there was a report out of Bloomberg that Apple might be adding more ARM processors. For example, the Mac OS has a feature called PowerNap, yeah. which mm-hmm. sort of, uh, while your laptop is sleeping, it lets you download your emails or you know everything else that sort of goes on in the background. Mm-hmm. And they might have an ARM processor, which is um, battery-wise a lot more efficient than Intel processors, sort of taking care of those tasks while the Intel processor is in deep sleep. Yeah. It's quite interesting how they've sort of um, looking into how 
adding all these multiple chips inside a computer, mm-hmm. doing various things. That's similar to how the phone runs, right? Like they have a separate chip for graphics. Kind of. Well, well, well I mean, no, I think for their M1 processors for the motion tracking. Correct. But then what happens is like sooner or later, the M1 sort of becomes a part of the SSE, which is the system on a chip. So, you know, your GPUs in it, your radios in it, your M1s in it, everything kind of comes back into one. But obviously, you've got two completely different architectures over here. Mm-hmm. You've got ARM and you've got Intel, which is an x86 processor. Mm-hmm. So completely different. Um, so they can't necessarily do that on mm-hmm. that. There was a very interesting um, debate about Apple switching to their own ARM-based processors for MacBooks mm-hmm. or MacBook Pros. I think the MacBook itself, the 12-inch version, the very thin and light one they have, which is not super powerful, I think yeah. might be able to pull Dude, something I off. Dude, I would love if they did that. I have yeah. that computer, as you know, yes. and it's, it's chugging. Yeah, that uh, Intel M uh, Core M it's chip got the core is, M is pretty dreadful it. exactly. at this point. And I mean, when you look at the benchmarks of some of these newer ARM-based processors, even the um, well, even Qualcomm, the iPad, like the, the iPad Pros, are the iPad more powerful Pro. than than that MacBook, MacBook yeah. exactly. Yeah. easily. Exactly, but th- that's the thing, right? I mean, uh, from what I remember, like back in the days, uh, x86 is great at linear processing, mm-hmm. whereas ARM is great at uh, sort of like an umbrella kind of processing. Okay. Um, so when you have applications which require that linear processing, I think Intel is always going to be ahead yeah. with them, and that's unfortunately how we've been set things to you know how mm-hmm. we've set things to do for the last two decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, so until that whole thing changes, which it did on tablets and phones, obviously because it was something completely new, but on a desktop OS side of things, it's something that's not easily achievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure they're going to get there sooner or later. Uh, that's well, um, Moore's law, isn't it? Like, it's just yeah. going to get better. And I think, I mean, obviously the best thing that Apple did in the in the desktop and, and laptop space was to move to Intel, right? Right, absolutely. They yes, dropped from PowerPC, yeah, and they moved yes. to Intel, and then they made a buttload of money yes. and, you know, sold a bunch of laptops. But I think now, as you say, as their processors get a little bit better... I a d- lot better. Yeah, like a lot better, right? And I, I don't see what the issue is. And they've obviously got the... Uh, like the systems in play, the manufacturing systems in place to pump them out at scale, right? Right. So maybe that was originally the issue why they went with Intel f- over doing it themselves. Yeah, because they didn't have like the expertise at that right. point. Sure. And you don't want to not have to mm. ship products. Yeah. Um, and I have to say that Intel have dropped the ball recently with like the Core M processor is a shit show. Like yeah. it's yeah. not a good processor. And they didn't KPA do great with mobile. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Even battery wise, it's not that great for something yeah. that's fanless. I'm like, willing to bet that Apple has macOS running on their own architecture inside their right. own firms. Guaranteed. Sure. Yeah. It's just a matter of performance versus battery yeah. life versus everything else. And Maybe even production and scale, like Mike mentioned, mm. you know, yeah. if they can. But I mean, look, I mean, uh, what? They sold 70 million iPhones in the last quarter. Mm. So obviously they've made that many chips. And yeah. the Mac business unit is considerably smaller than. Yeah, but they did, they weren't able to keep up with supplies. So maybe the 70 million is them stretching their current right. capabilities. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, no, that, that's. I, I think you've got to look as well in software wise. I mean, it's not completely obvious, but there is a good case to be made that Apple is going to start simplifying macOS and kind of converging, like we've talked about with Android, iOS and macOS. And then once that happens, it's going to mean there's less stress on the system. It can run on smaller chips faster. So, I mean, that might be a way that they go within the next five years. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I mean, as we've talked about on this podcast, the loss of access to something like Terminal would be horrible. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, if they just want to make program, uh, m- make hardware for people to just plonk at and like sure. you know do a bit of email, then it's not. Also, not I remember that uh, Microsoft had an announcement where they were allowing uh, ARM architecture, Windows based on ARM architecture. Right. Yeah. right? So I mean, if Microsoft is already heading down in that direction, yeah. what's stopping Apple in doing so? I mean, Apple makes their own chips, so mm-hmm. probably easier for them to switch. And what happens to Intel? 
Yes, that's that's that's, that's the question. Uh, isn't that's it? a big. Although I don't question. see, I don't see, you know, companies like Dell or Asus. I mean, for gaming, you're probably going to need these higher end. For I7 sure, there's always going to be a yeah. demand for them. But I mean, you know, when you look at that market, you're what, like probably two percent, three percent of yeah, the sure. total market. This um, took us fifteen thousand dirhams for a freaking laptop. <laughs> like, it's just Absolutely. insane. But just because Intel has not done done well on mobile doesn't mm. mean it can't do or level do well on mobile, no, sure. right? They may come back from behind mm. or maybe in VR, AR, because we have a lot of these technologies Correct. coming in and mm. everything is powered by a processor. Yeah. So, I mean, they they have been leaders at one point of time. They Absolutely. have this entire infrastructure. Mm. Uh, I think IoT R&D. is a space that everyone's yeah. looking to what sort I, of get a slice of. Through my reading, what I understand the issue is, is that there's only very few, or uh, not few, but uh, like a limited amount of engineers who work in silicon, right, that can actually do the work that is needed to make these processes and improve them. And there just aren't enough of them, or they're mm. all working for Apple, or they're working for people who aren't Qualcomm Intel, right? It's right. Qualcomm, so right, that's where yeah. the money is right now. Right. These people. So they, unfortunately, the PC is getting left behind in these kind of arenas because there's nobody there to, you know, you can't you can't train them fast enough to sure, be good at this kind of. But then you also have the argument where I mean, a PC is fast enough. Yeah, really, I mean, sure. how much faster can it get, right? Yeah, no, exactly. What's the point of dedicating any resources towards that? Look, mm. I mean, you know, I, I work on the Mac all day long. And I think in the last three years or four years, I've never felt that, wait, this is too slow. Mm-hmm. You know, everything just chugs along just fine. Uh, even if it means um, rendering some video on, you know, it's fine. It takes 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and you're done with it. It's not like you're waiting five hours for the whole thing mm. to, yeah, like maybe on to. a very professional level, sure, but sure. I mean, on a regular level, it's for the regular average Joe consumer. Mm. I think the processes are, or have been good enough for the last two to three years, mm. yeah. where there's really not much advancement required out of them. Uh, even when you look at uh, GPUs, for example, with NVIDIA, I mean, you know, you've got the 980, the 1080. 1080. Um, no, that's been an incredible leap in the last. So like, 1080. I mean, what they're planning on is, or what they want to do with it, is VR. Mm-hmm. You know, that's obviously the next step. Yeah. You know, as far as your regular standard 2D gaming was concerned, you know, 980 was good enough. Sure. Uh, you really didn't need anything more than that. But yes, we're sort of converging into VR. In uh, VR is also going in the mobile space, so it will be interesting how far ARM CPUs sort of come along in the mm. next few years. Uh, and Intel will have a tough time. Yeah. Intel will definitely have a tough time. Sure. So let's let's kind of see where this goes to. Yeah, we'll bank it and see. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have in your hand, Abbas? Um, so this is the new Huawei Mate 9 Pro. That's We've right. all loved the Mate 9. Yeah. yeah. And this is the Pro version of it, which is um, you know just a little bit smaller, which sounds weird for a Pro so product. So pretty. Because yeah. generally Pros are a little bit larger. on the larger size. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, this is a smaller version of the Mate 9. Uh, just because it's small doesn't mean it's not as powerful. It's uh, got the same processor inside, the same camera setup, and while the screen size is smaller, 5.9 inches versus 5.5 inches, mm-hmm. it does have a better display. It's a Super AMOLED display with a 2K display, uh, 2K resolution, sorry. So, I mean, we've kind of kept them aside, the Mate 9 and the Mate 9 Pro. They don't look too different as far as size is concerned, you know, mm-hmm. even though one's a 5.9 and one's a 5.5. Um, I think that slightly smaller size fits really well in your hand. Uh, the Mate 9 is a large phone. The design you know, is tight, it, right? And so yeah. very, very tight. And so what, what this has come from is so Huawei announced when at the launch of the Mate 9 that they were doing a, a joint effort with Porsche Design to create a Porsche Design Edition Mate 9. Exactly. Which is then they've decided to strip that branding and just... That just phone. release that absolutely yeah. so the with a couple design, of differences in terms of high drive so. space. I right? think so. I mean, this has got 128 GB of storage yeah, so versus that was two, five, 256 six, yeah. GB of storage on that, um, and I think less RAM. Uh, no, RAM is the same, 6 GB on oh, okay. both. Yeah, uh, 
Um, oh, this one, the Pro has six gigs? Six gigs. Okay, because yes. the nine comes with four. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, they're releasing this in two versions. The 64 gig version comes with four gigs of RAM. Right. The 128 okay. gig version comes uh, with right. six gigs of RAM. Uh, the Porsche is priced at like 5,200 dirhams or something. Wow. So, obviously, Money. that's, you know... Yeah, it's it's a, it's unaffordable for a lot it's of people. It's a luxury luxury item. Yeah, for sure. And I'm assuming this will be close to three thousand. I haven't mm-hmm. gotten the exact pricing details for it, uh, but any higher end phone that you get, mm-hmm. they're about three thousand. Huawei is doing a great job with design. You know, mm-hmm. the Mate Nine is a good looking phone, and then the Mate Nine Pro looks even better. Yeah. Absolutely, it's uh, deep black at the front. Uh, the fingerprint sensor has been moved to the front as well, as yes. opposed to the back, mm-hmm. which was on the Mate Nine. And it's got a beautiful hairline finish on the back. Yeah, as well. well, I say the back of it. I mean, uh, for my money, it looks like a, an HTC phone. It yeah, does, like it, it does. It's yeah, got it that does. kind of. It looks metal, a bit Samsungy like, from the, the front, front yeah. and a bit HTC from the back, but right. uh, it's not a bad thing. I think. But the MUI is all Huawei. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't mind the uh, their UI. I think it's uh, the Emotion UI. I think it's it's all right. I, it's I don't give it bad. enough of a chance. I'm straight to yeah. To you, you kind of, yeah. yeah. I just have to I have to get rid. I of think it. it's I think it's okay. It's yeah. it's gotten better because okay. I had a chance to play with MUI four on the six X recently. Mm. Right. And and I've, I have the MUI five on the Mate nine, yeah. and the the five is a good. St- is a big step in the right direction. Right. And what Huawei is doing is that they're pushing out frequent upgrades in terms mm-hmm. of the UI as well. So it's getting simpler, it's getting cleaner. They nice. made a few mistakes with MUI 5 at first. They mm-hmm. fixed it mm. uh, within two months. So yeah. I've had the Mate 9 uh, for two the months. And uh, yeah, for example. Yeah, the notifications, yes. they made those fixes. Yeah. So they're moving in the right direction. I'll yeah, give them that. Cool. It's not where I'd like it to be, but that's because I come from a stock <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. point of a view. Nexus, <laughs> a Nexus background. Yeah, Nexus Pixel um, in the lineup, yeah. yeah. But um, I, so what I like about the phone is that you know when sometimes you know you get these kind of pro versions of, of phones that come out and they're just kind of like larger versions yeah i like that they've decided to take a completely different design language to it so you get a choice um and and you know it, it looks like a markedly different phone like you wouldn't think that that was the same product right looking at it no they're they're very different yeah. they're very very different when you look i think it. the good thing is despite that it's a higher resolution display and the fact that it's AMOLED mm. should give you similar battery life yes. on the Mate 9 because they're both at about 4,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mate 9 is just a 1080p full HD display, but mm. um, it's LCD. Correct. And then AMOLED, which is a little more power efficient, Correct. Absolutely. Uh, will, be, will be easier on the battery, even yeah. though it's 2K. What I would sort of like to know from both of you gents is that, look, fantastic phone, mm. beautiful phone, great specs, you know. The P10 announcement is expected within a month, mm. mm-hmm. and it's probably going to be somewhat similarly sized. It's going to be about 5.2 to 5.5 inch yeah. phone. I've heard rumors, yeah, that it's going to be large. Large My, as in? As in 5.5 and 5. up. 5.5, Maybe okay. 5.6. So, I mean, what do you think they can bring to the table? You look at this phone that's sitting in front of us right now, the Mate 9 Pro. Uh, it's super fast. The camera is fantastic. Battery life's great. Screen's AMOLED. USB Type-C. Cam- you know, again, dual cameras in the back. What else could they bring I mean, is, is it's tricky is it? I mean, an upgrade for them? Because, I mean, Mate 9 was really launched, what, three months ago? Or something yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's Huawei. They release a phone every every six months or every three, three months, months, pretty yeah, much, right? right? But you're right. I think the, the gap in terms of what the phones do is getting smaller. Hmm. So it's going to be harder to differentiate. I think the, the onus is on Huawei to be like, well, this is why you want this phone rather than a Mate 9. I can't see why because... Like, I can see the P9 is a very different phone to the Mate 9. Mm-hmm. But as you say, I feel like the, the P10 is, I mean, what can they do, right? Like, exactly. it's still dual cameras. 
I, I really like the design of the P9 because it okay. had that kind of Nexus uh, 6P okay. look. Was it a 5? I can't remember which one. With the black band across the top. Right. Um, which they did as well in the, in, the Nova Plus, in the Nova, which wasn't released out here. But, okay. Um, so design-wise, maybe it'll be different. It's probably going to run the new uh, 835. No, chip, they, they do their own SOC. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. The Karen stuff. Yes, yeah, yeah, so excuse me. Yeah. That'll probably have the 960, the Same flagship as, one. Yeah, which which is exactly what we have right now. Right. Here. And if it's an AMOLED that's display, a very good. That's a very good question. Here as well. Unless they do come out and just put a Qualcomm chip in it. I don't they, think Well, they so. did it with, know, but they did it with, uh, they did it with the Novas. So those run those run a six three five. Sure, but I mean, if your flagship is running on your own processor, you know, yeah, I don't for think sure. They're I mean, who knows? To. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's it's going to be very difficult for them to top it. I, I honestly don't know what mm. else can they do. I mean, unless they uh, have a completely bezel-less uh, screen, which <laughs> seems to be the way everything's going this month. I think it could also come at price points. So the right. you know the Pro is going to be a lot more expensive than the P nine, right? But the P nine is positioned as a high end product as well, right? Yeah. From what yeah. I know. But it's not a flagship, though. It's it the, the Mate is the flagship. Oh, no. they have, it's like exactly. the S. It's kind of like the S8 S and the Note. And the Note. Yeah. 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 So, okay. the, the, so the, the Mate is the, is the phablet flagship. Right. And then they have this kind of regular flagship with the P-Series. Right. Um, but the rumor is it's going to be large. So right. it's, then it's a phablet, right? Exactly. Like, and then this is smaller than... The Pro is smaller than the regular and yeah. Mate 9. So, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's just kind of yeah. very, very, very weird. Let's see where they don't go do, Don't mess up the messaging, Huawei. <laughs> You're doing so well. Keep it together, guys. Good. And I think on that note, yeah. we're going to wrap things up. Yeah. Yeah, Abbas is just, yeah, just like, <laughs> he's not any, slowing any down other, it's, like, it's, it's a little yeah. bit shorter than we, what we normally do it's you know I'm looking Keep at the timer and I'm like time's oh, succinct I'm guys sure we can, run we can one talk for hours but yeah. no I think yeah I think we can wrap <laughs> it up this week with that uh, well yeah I mean thank you very much for listening thank you for us. listening we're on Twitter at Behind the Bites uh, follow us tweet to us with your yeah. feedback story ideas whatever throughout the week so we'll feature them on next week's show we're also on email, behindthebytes.ae at gmail.com. I also got a listener question. Uh, Ooh. Kind of just, it was, uh, just to clarify, if you follow, like if you subscribe to the podcast via uh, our, like an RSS feed or through uh, so Pocket iTunes, Casts, Pocket Casts, yeah, we, we get the hits, that. which is great, but it's always great if you can actually go on the iTunes store and give us a five-star review. So that's always appreciated. Awesome. Yeah, Thanks. with that, we'll sign out. This cool. is Abbas signing out. Uh, A. Jafar Ali on Twitter. Oh, I'm Mike Priest on Twitter. I'm Vivisha at B-H-A-V-I-S-H-Y-A. <laughs> Our boss is never going to remember that. <laughs> How long are we going to get? Let's episode 10. That's it. That's <laughs> the last episode we have to spell it out. After that, no more spelling. After that, you can just follow us on Behind the Bites. Absolutely. And my Twitter handle is there. All three of ours are yeah. on the profile. Yes. Thanks for listening. Cheers.